warning. Oh, no, wait, there ain't a warning for this one. Because these three have finally managed to get their potty mouths under control a little bit. There might be a couple of words here and there like fucking shit and things like that, but there ain't as many as there have been. So if you can't deal with the occasional fuck or shit or motherfucking, then maybe you should do that. Eat it. Studio Sylvia Silversmith. Hello, everyone. And Marsha Jeremiah MacDonald. Jer- uh, uh, what up, peeps? What? <laughs> Jeremiah? I gave you a middle name. I like it. Uh, I'm good with... I'm down... Just don't call me Jerry. I... Has to be Jeremiah. Every time, Jeremiah. <laughs> Indeed. Okay? No Jerry. So, will you just use that as your first name from I'm, now I'm on? I'm good with it. I'm going down to the office. I'm going down to the name-changing office right when we're done, okay? With me in the studio, Jeremiah McDonald. Yeah, yeah. What up, peeps? There's been a new arrival at Dukey HQ. I heard from Sylv that there's been a new arrival because she's met the new arrival. And I'm just surprised at your arrival. Why are you surprised? Dukey... Does this new arrival seem... Out of keeping with what you assume to be my traits and attributes and all that yeah, good stuff. Dookie, you know, I've met the new arrival personally. And I was just surprised when, because you didn't tell anybody about it. No. You didn't let anybody know. And it just doesn't seem in keeping with the Dookie who we know and love, who's a bit rock and roll and a bit, you know, you're just not the kind of person to live the kind of structured arrival, uh, the kind of structured lifestyle that this arrival necessitates. That said, the catalyst for this arrival. Yes. Indeed, the source of its gestation. Yes. Consummation, you could even say. Ah, right. Been a consummation. It involved... A lot of red wine. Right. Some spirits. It usually does. I find when people have an arrival, they usually, you know, well, not usually, but, you know, a lot of times alcohol was involved. Late night laptop usage. Okay. Specialist. And my credit card. Yeah. Okay. Dookie, is that how how it is? Right. I I got it. Uh, That's how it was, certainly. It's a very, very lovely thing. It's very lovely. Indeed. I know it wasn't the color of choice. No, it's in a... It was a surprising color. Yes. For you. Candy apple red. Yes. It clashes with everything else in my kitchen. And from the sounds of it... May clash with my personality. Dookie, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I have no... What? I I knew there was an arrival, and I was like, I don't even know. 
I mean, I, I kind of assumed it wasn't the usual arrival because we probably would have heard something about that. But, you know, still, I thought, well, who knows? Maybe he's a man of mystery. I may be. But I mean, you're not. Somebody did knock at my door to hand the arrival to me. It was a spur of the moment thing. Wasn't yes. It, it was late at night. Yes. I was sufficiently inebriated. Yes. And obviously felt no issues about applying credit card number to laptop keyboard yeah and it's all it's a bad combo mm, you know uh, i've had some ebay moments i'll have you know. uh, yeah you, you know we've all been there the source of this was actually youtube i was can, having one of those nights can i, was, I ask a question yeah can i ask how your dog is feeling about the new arrival i mean is the dog because i know sometimes when people have like pets mm. and they have a new arrival like they they struggle with a pet situation so can I ask, Is your does your dog factor in here at all? The dog's reaction to the arrival went from complete and utter excitement to disappointment. The excitement right. being that she thought the large box was for her. That's right. her tipping and tapping around. Yeah. Just hearing about the story again yeah. is, is quite emotional for her. There was a knock at the door. Yeah. The person who informed me about the arrival. And your dog thought it was for her? Yes. Well, your dog, because I've been at your house, and when packages have been delivered, and they usually are for your dog. Yes. Because you get, like, her food and her snacks and stuff. Yes. From from sources that require the postal service. Yes. And so they usually are for her. So it's just, she's a clever dog, so she just assumes that anything in a cardboard box is for her. Yes. Okay, so then once she figured out it wasn't for her, right? Mm. That it, is she... she sat down okay. quite violently. Right. And a dog can sit down violently. Right. You know, a big thump. Right. She let out the biggest sigh. Okay. She also followed that bad boy up with a moan. Okay, so, all right, so sorry. To, so you're you're watching TV mm. at night, late. Oh, no, I'm watching YouTube. Oh, sorry, YouTube. And okay, and you got a bottle of wine on the go. Yes, I had Bad one of combo. those days. Uh, okay, and, and you've had one of those days. I had one of those days. And you decide that it's a good idea to make a purchase. Yes. Right. I was trawling through YouTube, and I came across something that felt so essential that my life felt like it was lacking meaning or indeed right. substance without it. Oh, God. Is it legal? It's definitely legal. Oh, okay. Indeed. It's fine. I think it's a little bit too legal. Yes. Okay. Although, arguably, it all stemmed from a very unremarkable bit of dialogue that somebody on a YouTube channel brandished. Yes. Grumpy man. A very grumpy man from Canada. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that just so happens to be in North America. Uh, yes, it certainly does. And this little bit of dialogue here is what led me to make this purchase, is what led to this new arrival. Incidentally, the item of food that this guy, Dave, references has absolutely no interest to me whatsoever. The fact is, I was just going from YouTube clip to YouTube clip as the wine (laughs) kept pouring. I I think Marcia needs to hear this. Indeed. I'm dying. 
I'm dying to know. Okay, so you need some of this, some of that, and one of these. And we're going to make some Swiss steak in the crock of shit pot. Stand by. So, there you go. Right. This chat says, crack a shit pipe. Why are you watching this guy? I don't understand. He also does guitars. Yes. Yes. It's, ah, it's, that makes more sense. Yes. Uh, okay. The YouTube channel is called Dave's World of Fun Stuff. And right. he's based in Toronto and has clips mainly about guitar repair and things like that. In addition to cooking segments. And he cooks. Occasionally. Okay, so am I given to think that you bought a crock pot? Yes. Wow. Or, or indeed a crock of shit pot. Crock of shit pot. Wow. Okay. Yes. He's been talking about it a lot. Like, I don't mean before <laughs> you bought it, because that was completely spur of the moment, obviously. But since, there's been lots of discussions about crock pottery. Yes. What goes in the crock pot, what's possible for the crock pot, mm. how it looks when it comes out of the crock pot, mm. how it looks during the cooking Indeed. in the crock pot. Yes. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. I've joined the slow cooking revolution using yeah. what's fundamentally 1950s technology. Dookie, isn't it something that your parents had and it it only lived in the kitchen for maybe a couple of months before they decided to put it in the basement or the loft or in a cupboard or so they decided that it was a no-go mm. basically isn't that what a crock pot is along with a fondue set the fondue set that's something completely different or like in the 80s like i'm sure everybody's parents had like the george foreman grill Yes. Right. Uh, into the 90s as well. And I think into it was the a, 90s. It was yeah. a, certainly a staple for students. Yeah. Possibly even even today. Yes. Yeah, so it's that one essential piece of kit. Everybody's got to have, student. you know, every generation has to have their parents had some piece of gadgetry where it just didn't fly, right? You had to have one, like, you know, like you guys are saying, like the fondue or the crock pot or the George Foreman grill. You know what it's going to be nowadays? It's going to be that, what is it, that thing. The thing. I think I know what she means by the thing. It's the um, the juicer blender thing. Oh. The kind that you 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 put loads of stuff in it, mm. and then you turn it upside down on the on the blendery blade thing, and it just whizzes it all up into a smoothie. And then you can it actually acts as a cup as well as a blender. So yeah, so it's not right. like a juicer, but it's like a, a mini blender. Right. And I've got a friend that bought one for her mom for. Christmas, and I was thinking, yeah, that it's not gonna fly. I mean, yeah, on Christmas Day, yeah, you're gonna be putting a lot of fruit and shit in it, and, and then you know, by New Year's, you know, it's gonna be in a cupboard. You know what I mean? It's gonna be, you know, it's just not gonna fly. What are you saying? And then, like, you know, people in the future will be saying, "Oh, yeah, my parents had one of those those blendery things," and yeah. It's like that. That's, isn't that what the crockpot's like? The crockpot has an element of convenience which overshadows the juicer apparatus that you just referenced. Dookie. Yes? I think you need to tell Martha 
what you made in the crock pot on what was it Friday night? I did crock pot lasagna. Uh, cr- <laughs> do we need wow. a mo- do we need a I, moment of silence? You did crock pot lasagna. I did. How is that even possible? What like a vegetable lasagna? Basically, yeah. Okay, veggie so mints. Veggie mints. Mm. You put mints in it. It's, veggie mints. Corn. He means like ground ve- vegetarian ground beef. All mm. oh, right, I thought you meant like after dinner mints. Oh, like mince, which should be a whole mince. different ball game. Minces and mincing around. Marta, how long have you lived here? Yeah, I know, but you know, I don't go out much. Okay, so you made a lasagna in a crock pot. Yes. How does that work? Firstly, I feel duty bound to inform you both and our listeners, and thanks for allowing us into your auditory canals. I feel that I need to tell you about the glories of how crockpot works. Oh, God. Imagine a Dutch (laughs) oven. And I'm not referring to, you know, beneath the duvet flatulence. Yeah. A Dutch oven in, you know, in the sense of what you, you know, a huge receptacle for food that you can slow cook things. That you stick in the oven. Yes. That you put inside the actual oven. Yes. And then occasionally you can also run that bad boy on a hob as well. Okay. Okay. Now, can the... I just say this podcast gets more rock and roll every minute? <laughs> Certainly. Yes. Okay. In the 1950s, when the stresses of looking after a family were being met with increasing numbers of women entering the workforce, the yes. crockpot enabled nutritious meals to be prepared easily. You're saying it's a feminist item. Absolutely. Is that what you're saying, Dookie? I am okay. the germane career of the wow, cooking world. you really are. Okay. Alright. I'm the glorious Steinem of food prep. So you're supporting feminism by making a lasagna yes. in something that wasn't designed for lasagna. I don't know if I agree with you there. I think it's just for people who hate cooking. Basically, yes. Because I hate cooking. And that's the reason why I went over to your house to see this new arrival, because I thought maybe this might be a good idea for me, where you just throw everything in a pot and turn Mm. it on. Fabulous. And it slow cooks it for a considerable time. So, Sal, did you taste the lasagna? I did. I did indeed. I I reaped the rewards of the crockpot lasagna. Mm. And very nice. It was question mark well, it, it was it was okay excellent it was pretty good <laughs> it, it, a little more so the thing about the crock pot lasagna is you don't get the structure of a, that a lasagna normally has indeed but you know it was cheesy tomatoey noodly goodness yes it was cheese that's what you want from a lasagna right correct you just want cheesy tomatoey noodly goodness and it was it's like seeing a bad film and saying it had a beginning, a middle, and an end. I, as well as a soundtrack. I actually said to you I would have it again. Did you? I did. You asked me, would you have it again? And I did. I said I would. <laughs> I, mean, I, wouldn't use a, I wouldn't use a cottage cheese again. They did not have a ricotta. <laughs> a lot of people do that, though. They use cottage cheese instead of ricotta. Anyway, anyway. Indeed, I went out to the, the shops and they didn't have any, and I just wanted to get cooking. I thought it was a very nice Thank you. bowl of cheesy goodness. Indeed, I think there are ways in which you can ensure the, the structure is better, and I, I will, will look into it. It excels at stews. I've done 
a number of omelets, stroke quiches. How is an omelet a stew? I didn't say it just did stews. <laughs> okay, I'm just trying to understand. You made an omelet, a crock pot. Yes. I mean, how long does it take to make an omelet? Like two minutes? So what does it take in the crock pot? Like eight hours? What? Why would you want to? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. I, I, <laughs> I, got, I have to say, Dookie, I don't understand that either because I hate cooking and even I, like there's sometimes when I get home from work and I just think, oh, I'll just make me an omelet. It's fine. It takes two minutes. The omelet is, it's kind of like a, an omelet stroke quiche. So you can make a, a an enormous, you know, wodge of this eggy goodness. <laughs> Does a does wodge. any goodness come in wodges? <laughs> okay, you have a wodge of cash. Can you have a wodge of omelette? You can now. I don't know whether, Dookie, what you're hoping to get from this whole thing is like some work as like one of those, um, what do you call them? Those really long commercials, uh, you know, that are like half an hour. Info, infomercial. Right. I don't know if you're looking to get work on doing one of those selling crock pots, mm. but you're, right now you're failing. Because I'm thinking... To use the word watch for, you know, something that I'm going to eat. It probably is a malapropism, but... Okay, because you don't go into, like, a fancy restaurant and say, oh, well, I'll have the watch of, you know, pasta. I don't want, you know, do you have a, what do you get, what are you having a watch? In 2017, Chef Marco Pierre White introduced his infamous crock-pot meal, mm-hmm. you would have to order your dishes nine hours in advance, and this revolutionised <laughs> exactly. the British culinary industry. So you're telling me what what essentially is a convenience food of an omelette is now going to take like eight hours, and then it's going to get dished up in a wadge. I, I'm not so... I can't say that watching this infomercial, even if I was drunk at two in the morning, I, I wouldn't be getting out my credit card. It's a crock of shit pot. Okay. So how does the omelette come out then? It Are you beautiful. liking it? Oh, okay. oh it was All beautiful. Right. Okay. okay. This, this is an, an omelette with a difference. This is um, it a surely, breakfast medley. It surely doesn't take eight hours, though, because an omelette, surely, that would kill it. An hour and a half. Oh, okay. That's two hours. Oh, okay, that's not bad. Mm. Like, if you were having, like, a breakfast... Like, if you had lots of people around for breakfast because they stayed the night over, that that might be quite a good idea. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that because it's hard to make different eggs for for lots of people. Mm. Whereas if you had it all in one, that's pretty good. Yes. I think, Dookie, really what you really enjoy about the crockpot stuff mm. is all the YouTube crockpottery people. <laughs> it, I, yes. I have been trawling YouTube since I've ordered the crock of shitbox. Rock and roll. And... I've come across a number of different approaches to crockpot recipes. Instantly, can I go back to my breakfast medley? Of course you can, Dookie. Late at night. Yes. Getting back home from a gig. Yes. Feeling the effects of post-gig imbibery. Yes. I assembled all of the breakfast medley ingredients. Did you? It took sod all time. Oh, okay. And in my crock of shit pot... I have a delay function. Yeah. So that ah, it yes. starts cooking I gotcha. in the wee hours of the morning. I gotcha. And then timing it around the hour that I 
would awake and see the harsh daylight reality of the real world, you might my be breakfast it medley okay. presented itself. You, that might actually sell it to me. And also, yeah, easily enough for five people. And because of the density of this breakfast medley... I was able to tuck into that bad boy for a couple of days afterwards. That's pretty good, actually. Dookie, could Marcia and I come over and could I make us dinner in your crock pot? Absolutely. But then I'd have to come over, like, what, in the morning? Come over in the morning and then cook through the day. I'll come over in the morning Mm. and I'll look after your dog when you're at work and I will throw something in the crock pot for all of us. Yes. And then we could sample. Because I quite like a stew. Because they're easy. Mm. And... It's easier to be vegetarian with, like, stews and things. You just, lots of beanie type stuff. Yes. So, could I do that? Certainly. Yeah, that's great. Back to the YouTube clips. I've been looking for inspiration. I didn't just want to go online and peruse hundreds of different recipes. I wanted to see people making them. I came across this one woman named Average Betty. You showed her to me. She's crazy. Very bubbly. Very, very bubbly. Dookie, I don't... Very loud woman. She has a voice that uh, easily could compete with your very own. Sarah from Average Betty here, and I'm making Crock-Pot Pizza. I read online that you can make pizza in a Crock-Pot. And if that doesn't pique your culinary curiosity, stay out of the kitchen. Let's make Crock-Pot Pizza. Dookie, there's something that I think your listeners need to know, that we divide the world into two, two separate kinds of people. There are those people who love... Dookie Duke. And there are those people who just really don't get Dookie Duke at all. And they're usually very uptight people Mm. who are very earnest, who don't understand your sense of humor. Correct. And in fact, are very offended by your mere presence. Yes. And Average Betty is one of those people. Certainly. Yes. So she would like you. Well, not so sadly, because I'm thinking, I don't know that you would need her in your life. She's very loud, very in your face. Her channel and all the videos in it are slickly put together. Well, she's gunning for her own cooking stuff. Yes. So... And yeah, she, she that's knows what, her way around a crock pot. You want to know what the world needs? The world needs more stuff about food. Okay? That's what it needs. I had an idea for a show earlier today. Yeah. British actress Minnie Driver. I know her. Yeah, I know of her. Yeah, okay. The idea of the show is simple. Yeah. Minnie and Dookie drive cars and eat. <laughs> Episode one. Wow. Getting to This will be filmed in the US. Uh, okay. Episode one. Getting to know you. Cupcakes and heartbreaks on the I whatever name of road that we could be on. Dookie, I think I know you well enough now to guess that what you did there was you, your brain, the gerbils in your Mm. brain came up with the idea for a driving show. Yes. And then they went swiftly to the word driver and unearthed out of the little uh, catalogs of index cards in your brain unearth mini driver correct and put those two items together am i right yes oh my god i am she's a, a decent actress we do have a mutual friend and links to a certain drama school you know how buddy films from the 80s and 90s came to be cops i think the first one must be 48 hours 
Okay, yes. 48 hours really set the scene. 48 hours with a crockpot. The different kinds of people. Oh, that's what you and Mini Driver could do. You could drive around with a crockpot and then get it out, right, wherever you arrive at a, a certain lovely destination and plug it in and then throw all the ingredients in. And then mm. while it's cooking, go off and explore this lovely area that you happen to be in. Like you're in the, you're in, I don't know, Montana. Right. And you go and explore the, yeah, you're in Butte, Montana. And then Minnie gets a bit ratty and she's, and we're, we're actually running the crock pot off of the cigarette lighter function. Yes, of course, yes. And she's going, you know, Andy, any chance you can drive a bit more smoothly, you know, we're about to lose the contents of the crock pot. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So you mean like you'd go and explore in the car? In the car. Whilst everything's cooking. Yes. And then we arrive somewhere. And but while we're driving, we discover things about each other. Hence, episode one, getting to know you, cupcakes and and heartbreaks. Dookie, as your people, because I consider myself to be your people. If you want me to, I will get in touch with Mini Driver's people. And then you could have your people getting in touch with her people to run this idea by her. It has to happen. Dookie, I think it has to happen. I think Mini Driver is a good idea. I think you also need to do UK one and you need to have Jessica Hines in it. Or Jessica Stevenson. I always get mixed up. She's Jessica Hines now. She's Jessica Hines, yes. I think you need to have her because I think she's on the side of people who would like Dookie a lot. Mm. And I know that you love her lots. And and why why wouldn't you? Because she's marvelous. She is a national treasure. She's a treasure. And I think you should do it with her in the UK. I like that. Dookie and Jess. Yes, the, a really obvious thing to do would be to actually drive in a Mini with Mini Driver. See, there's your gerbils at work again. Because you think really of Mini naff. and then your your gerbils are going over to the catalogue. They have Mini and they come up with Mini. Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell thinks about Mini Driver and cooking shows together? Dookie... I'm kind of with Marcia because I kind of think you'd make any show fabulous, of course, because you're fabulous. That's really cruel. I just, yeah, well, I don't mean it to be cruel. It's just true. Thank you. And I just think the world doesn't need any more food television programs. See, I was watching this show the other night about art. And they were just going to different cities and explaining about the different art and architecture that were in those cities, the two um, presenters. And then all of a sudden, they ended up in a restaurant and they were eating and they started talking about all the food. And I was kind of going, but I don't care about the food because it's about the art. So why are they telling me about Jesus? I didn't understand that. And I just thought, that's how crazy it's become. Like, television producers nowadays, I think they actually sit down and go, that's a great idea for the show. Now, how can we get some food into it? Stephen Hawking is just, you know, one wheelchair revolution away from doing the, exactly. the theory about gravy. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what it's going to come down to. You're going to have Stephen Hawking doing a documentary on, on gravy. the universe and the television producers are going to sit him down and go, okay, yeah, we're, we're ready to, you know, Stephen Hawking is go for this show, but where does the food come in? Because you can't pitch a show without food. Coming from Yorkshire, I really like gravy. Yeah. That's what what it's got to be nowadays, because it seems like you can't have anything without food. 
you know, kind of like, that's why I always go on about it with uh, Ride Said Fred with my writing groups. Like, can we not just sit down and talk about writing without mm. food being involved? And, it, you know, people who have listened to that have already heard me be pissed off about that. So there you go. Another one of these YouTube clips had a woman who looked like she's had a bit of a troubled background. Who Dookie, I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that means. I mean, yeah, okay. What she what? was doing a crock pot recipe, and then on YouTube, good production values, yeah, had a split screen. And on one side of the screen, you see her preparing the crock pot dish. Right. And on the other side of the screen, it's a close up of herself watching the other side of the screen. Wow. And she's commenting on it. Uh, wow. I mean, so that, wow. yeah, what you see that I'm doing right here is I'm, I'm stirring that stuff up. Stirring it away, wow. and, and I'm going to put the onions in. And, and the one thing, because this is going to slow cook for a long while, wow. I, I, I'm not going to brown them, because like, the flavors are going to meld. Wow. I mean, yeah, I think it's like Sylph says, it sounds like she's gunning for her own cooking. She, you know, everybody wants to be on the Food Network nowadays. Mm. Well, I, I, every- I will be with the Minnie and Tukey <laughs> drive cars Eat food. Everybody needs a creative outlet, and I guess food is the most accessible, right? Yes. So everybody's got to be. What you haven't told us about, Dookie, is the other person who you regaled me with, if that's the correct term, is your man. There is a man. Now, I love this man. Yes. There is a man who has brought a sense of danger a sense of urbanity and a degree of strong language. He's keeping it real. He's keeping it real. Yes. We are talking about crockpots from the hood. This is not Uh, the name of this person's channel. Okay. Wow. But, you know, he sounds a little bit like Marsalis Wallace from... Pulp Fiction. Right. I realise this is two Dookie Radio Show episodes in a row um, in which Pulp Fiction, Tarantino's masterpiece, has been referenced. I don't mind. I hope people don't mind, but I, I don't mind that. I mean, you can't go wrong, right? Mm. It's it's now a classic, right? Yes. So, you know, you can't go wrong. And it stands the test of time. Yeah, it does. It's dated very, very well. This man has all but the Band-Aid on the back of his head. Yes, and, he, and he's from a different cultural background, though. Indeed. Because it took us a while to work it out. He needs to get a tripod. Yes. Why Why does he need to get it? Because he's... A little bit shaky. Well, it's not that just a little bit shaky, but sometimes he needs both hands to stir something or to unpackage something. Mm. And he's... But one hand he's filming with his, with his cell phone. So it makes it a little difficult. So then he has to say, I got to put you down. Mm. So then... Yes, he needs a tripod or a friend. Indeed. That said, his clips are short, sharp, and to the point. What cultural background is he then? I mean, not that it matters, it just, you know, sets the scene. He's a Colombian, he's a Colombian American or Colombian US. More, More importantly and more interestingly, he's a bodybuilder. Yes. Oh, right. Okay. So what is he making like protein 
meals in the crack path. Yes, that seems to be his thing. And he talks about gains quite a bit. Yes, you got to talk about a gain. I go on lots of bodybuilding sites because I'm really not that I'm into bodybuilding, obviously, but because I they when they're talking about supplements to do your body good, these bodybuilders do not mess around. They're like, take this or you're a motherfucker. Oh they are like, if you don't take this supplement, then you are a fucking dick. And I, that's the way I like my supplement advice. Like, just give it to me straight up. You know, you do this or you're a fucking pussy. That's, you know, I love it. That's pretty fucking direct. Yes, yeah, so I, I always go on the bodybuilder sites. So I know about talking about gains just from, from reading that right. kind of stuff. In the weightlifting world, these are people you, who actually want to bulk You want up. gains, yeah. You definitely want gains. I'm you do def- not want losses. Yeah, on a personal level, I'm definitely not using the crockpot for that purpose. But for convenience, this chap is great. and A chap. I think he would love being referred to as a chap. He has on his YouTube channel yes. an entire section dedicated to crockpot recipes. Wow. And I've watched every one of them. Wow. And he's a bodybuilder. Yeah. And you're a rock and roller. He's Apparently, a yes. He's a bodybuilder. Yes. And you're, you're both really into the crock pot. Yes. Wow. And he has inspired me to create a, a new character. Okay. Called Chef Jamie All Over Your Ass. Wow. What what is this guy's name? Chef Boyar Beast. <laughs> wow. Okay. I like it. I like, like yeah, like Chef Boyar D, Chef Boyar Beast. Yes. I like this guy. And his YouTube channel is called Endomorph Beast. Endomorph Beast. Hence all of that. The thing that I love about him is he gives he gives recipes whilst also including swear words. Mm. Which is, you know, you're not going to get that. Uh, as much as I love Nigella, you're not going to get that with Nigella. No. You're not going to tell her. She have... makes sexual innuendos. She does. That's she, it. This is true. I remember her um, digging out some tongs and saying, ooh, I like a bit of tongue action. Bless her. Genuine and line from. I, I love her. I believe it's, it was from the Nigel Lisima series. I wish she was my sister. And at the same time. Mr. Beastie, mm. he's telling you to, like, put the fucking be- beans in the crock pot. Yeah. You know, it, I love that. It's fabulous. He's he's brilliant. Right. Yeah, he he kinda, might be my new favorite guy. He comes in there with, you know, yo, guess who's fucking back? It's Chef Boyar Beast here, also known as Jamie all over your ass, giving you some crock pot recipes. All you need to do with this bad boy is you set it and motherfucking forget it. And it makes your crib smell like a fucking restaurant. Grab a spoon, spread that shit around. Wow. (laughs) The the thing is, is that we had to watch that scene from Pulp Fiction where you get Marcellus Wallace... uh, explaining to Bruce Willis mm. that he has to take a hit. Yes. He has to pretend to lose the boxing game mm. so that he could, Marcellus would pay him yeah, for this. The world is full of nasty ass motherfuckers that think their ass is going to age like wine. 
And the thing about that scene is that you you really do. I mean, um, it is Marcellus doing crockpot cookery, mm. and it's just fabulous. The world is full of nasty ass motherfuckers that like to eat fast food. They got fucking impatient asses and shit. If you mean the food tastes shit, it does. Wow. If you means it would be better if it was cooked in a crockpot, it would. Wow. Sometimes you might want to dig out your shit and cook it straight away. That's pride kicking in. Fuck pride. Dookie, the thing... But, so, if he's a bodybuilder and he's about, what is it, the gains... He makes references to games. Uh, uh, so that means, what is he, like, he's high protein. I bet he's definitely high protein. Mm. So that's not going to fit in with being a vegetarian, right? In any case, you can come up with meat substitutes or take can, the meat out. You can still be entertained by Absolutely. I mean, he's, what did he make? He made tacos? Yes. He made tacos in a crock pot. He made tacos in a crock pot. Mm. Right. And it's still, the thing that interests me is that everything he cooks with comes out of a packet. Mm. So there's not a single thing that's going in there that is in its original form. To be fair, he no does. No judgment. Yeah, a lot of the recipes have titles along the lines of lazy ass fucking chili. I guess if you're a bodybuilder and you're six hours in the gym, you mm. just want to come home and eat some protein. Mm. So, but. The thing that interests me with a lot of these crockpot people is that they don't even grate their own cheese. No. And I hate cooking, so that makes me automatically a very lazy cook. I'm quite okay with cooking, like grating cheese. Is that I mean, a it takes like a, a minute. Is that a bit of a North American thing where instead of going out and purchasing a big block of cheese... You buy it grated. Is that yes, just a lot more common over there? Everything that I see from the states nowadays, where where that involves cooking, like these YouTube things, mm. makes me think that the United States is now in the future that was imagined in the Jetsons. Yes. So they don't quite have Rosie the robotic maid yet. Yet. And they're not quite flying to work in their flying car that, that they can then fold up and put in their pocket. But they're nearly at eating everything, you know, as a, in pill form. Nearly. So, mm. and, and I just think you could grate some cheese. I mean, you can grate some cheese. Surely. Absolutely. I can grate cheese. It takes me 15 seconds. But, you know, if you want to get it out of a packet, then it just seems a little strange to me. Like, everything comes out of a packet. And, yes, it's like you can't even buy block cheese there anymore. It just comes grated. Lazy-ass motherfuckers. Well, that's... You know, I'm down with the lazy-ass motherfuckers. Absolutely. The main reason why I got a crockpot, really. I throw my motherfucking shit in there. You made a lasagna. I set it and I fucking forget it. Have you made anything else? So you've made, like, an egg thing and you've made, like, a lasagna thing. Yes. And uh, Have you made anything else? You got any plans? I've done a chili and I've, oh, you made chili? Yes. Uh, how did the chili come out? Perfect. Really, that's, Perfect. that is what the crock pot really excels at. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay. And that was a case of, you know, in the morning, I'm going to summon Chef Boyar Beast. Uh, I'm liking it. I got up in the fucking morning. I put my ingredients in that bad boy. I said it. I fucking forget it. I come back home. Crib smells like motherfucking chili. 
got Connie all over your ass. Wow. You know what you sound like, Dookie? You know what you sound like? This is what people who have had a baby are like. So, and you know, it's all good. You know, it's just natural. Mm. You have a baby and that's all you can, you know, your whole world revolves around this baby because mm. that's just life. And you don't have a baby. You have a crockpot. Correct. A new arrival. He's cleared kitchen space for this thing. Yes. Have you? Really? You mm. clear, like, really like having a baby. Like, you got to clear out part of, you know, our room or whatever for the crib. Mm. Wow. I had to make some worktop sacrifices in order to accommodate oh, I'm it. I'm sorry to hear that. Mm. I'm sorry to hear that. What had to go? Some had to go? I don't want to talk about it. It's too painful. Oh, really? Yeah. He had to move his soda stream. <laughs> <laughs> She's grassing you up, right? Oh yeah, you got I one of those. Bubbles. You got one of those soda stream thingies. Mm. I'm a little worried about the soda stream. What the, the dodgy politics of the company involved? Yeah, so have I mentioned yeah. this before? Because it has come up in a recent episode. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry. No, by all means, let's go there again. I am a little worried about it because I do travel around with my because I like fizzy water, and I'm in front of people who don't really know me, and I do think. Are they looking at my soda stream thinking that I'm, what is it? Anti-Palestinian. Yeah. Do they think I'm anti-Palestinian? Mm. And I think, I don't want my water bottle to be political. No. I want my bubbles to be loving. So I'm thinking about maybe not traveling around my soda stream. But that's kind of, you know. Your soda stream bottle. Yes. Right. <clears throat> you well, know what? I've had a new arrival. Should I tell you about my new arrival? Talk to me. <gasps> Dookie, I forgot. Marcy's had a new arrival, and it's serious. It's really serious. Hit me. Are you ready? Yes. I bought one of those traveling cups from the coffee shop that I go to. Costa. There Costa, are other places. there are other coffee shops. Independ- go independent, even though I don't. Uh, and I bought one of those to try to cut down on the waste of paper cups because, you know, apparently they can't be recycled. Sylv's got me all freaked out about recycling, yeah, and she got me all kind of upset about... Apparently, these cups that they serve coffee in, they're hard to recycle because they come coated in plastic and whatever. And so even though you're thinking that you might be throwing them in a recycling bin, they don't necessarily get recycled. So I bought one of these plastic cups that are permanent. Mm. You can reuse them. Yeah, reusable. You take them into the coffee retail establishment. Yeah. And you also get a, a... Discount. And you get a discount. Yeah, that's right. So, it's good that you know that, because you don't even drink coffee. How do you know that? How do you know that, Dookie? 
You hang out with coffee drinkers, don't you? Yes. This has been a topic of conversation amongst... And hippies. And hippies, hippies who worry about the earth. Yes. I got a problem with this thing, though. Okay? So maybe you guys can help me out. Well, I gotta... You have a disdain for polar bears. No, I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to cause more havoc on the planet than I absolutely have to, mm. okay? And maybe that comes from being friends with Sylvia too long, because she's got me all, you know, she makes me bring home my potato chip wrappers from when I'm like in Manchester. Crisp packets. Okay, yeah, whatever. In the know. So, yeah. <laughs> I am so not that person. I am really sorry. Uh, Strike that one from the record. So I've caught this bug about recycling and I thought, yeah, okay. So I drink a lot of coffee and I get a lot of it takeaway. So, I, I, you know, and I don't want to cause the earth any more problems than it already has. So I thought I'd get one of these reusable things, but it's causing me kind of a pain in my bum hole. Okay? Why is that? Well, I'm the only one using them. And I was in a place, I was in, where is it? Hereford? Hereford? Right. Mm. Hereford? Hereford. Hereford. And it was the first time I was gonna I was gonna pop this reusable cups cherry, okay? Mm. And there are other phrases to denote the <laughs> loss of one's innocence. So, and Syl was like, "You got to take a cup with you. You got to take a cup with you." So I did, and I gave it to the woman at the coffee shop, and she looked at me like they were gonna burn me out of town. Like Wicker Man. So it got all Wicker Man. Yeah, like looking at me like, what is this reusable of which you speak? So, and then they got kind of excited about it. They were like, oh man, we've never seen one of these things before, right? So there was that. So I was like kind of embarrassed. And then there were quite a, quite a few people in the shop that morning. And they were all obviously locals to Hereford. And they were all looking at me. Hmm. Okay, like, what is this reusable thing of which you speak? And so I was like, oh, my God, I'm really going to get chased out of town like a witch. Okay, so it made me self-conscious, which normally I don't care. You're a pioneer. I know. You're at the vanguard of coffee receptacle technology. So then I used it in London, you know. And I I give it to the the person and they go, what size do you want? And I kind of look at my receptacle and I'm thinking, well, surely it doesn't is surely it's only once, right? I guess if you want it smaller. So it's a large receptacle. Yeah. I suppose you could, to be fair, yeah, you'd order want a, a small. small. I, guess, mm. I, I guess it just kind of threw me. I guess I just kind of thought it's one size now, and then. I used it the other day again in London, and the and uh, so I said, oh, I guess you have to tell him a size. So I said to him, "Can I have a large americano in that?" And he looked at me and he barked at me. These only come in one size. You can't fit a large in that. Like he barked at me, and oh, I was dear. like, "Okay, but I want like a large amount, but just like smaller. You know, I want the same number of shots because I need that caffeine hit, mm. but." you know, just condense it down. So I had a similar conversation with my dealer last week. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, (laughs) 
And then nobody else is using these things, and they're not selling them in the stores anymore because they had like a big advertising campaign after it came out that these cups weren't being recycled, the the takeaway ones. There was a big push for like, please don't hate us. Here, we'll sell you these reusable cups. So I thought it was going to be a big new thing. It seems like I'm the only person in the world. And I feel like kind of a dick. You're single-handedly yeah. saving the environment. So, as And you, you can, feel like a dick. Dookie, what am I drinking my coffee out of right now? I'm holding it up for you. A paper receptacle. Yeah, exactly. And I, and, I, and I have to have two of them because it gets so, I take my coffee black. So it, takes, it gets so hot that you need to ask for another cup. Ugh. And so I'm using two. So I got Sylv giving me the stink eye over here because she's, you know, she's all about the recycling. Oh, hang but, on. May I interrupt yeah. you? Yeah. The Dukey Radio Show just received a text. Yeah. Erasmus, a polar bear, yeah, has just messaged funny. in saying, Jeremiah, fuck you. <laughs> See, that's how I feel. But nobody... So. People, if you're listening to me, it's not like I'm like judging you for recycling or not recycling. It's not about that. It's just I feel a little isolated here. Could you join me in the reusable cup thing? And then maybe I can just get on my life. Would that be possible? What Bob Geldof did with Live Aid. We need a Live Aid for the reusable cup. Yes. Yes. Reusable cup aid. I am so all over that bad boy. Bring it on. Yeah, okay, yeah, let's do, you know, whatever works. I, I, I don't want anybody to feel like I'm some kind of goddamn hippie who's like, just, you know, you two are a lot more hippie than I am. It's just, I don't want to feel lonely in using this thing, okay? And I don't want people looking at me like, what are you, a witch? I don't want to, I don't want to do that. That does suck. Dookie, I'm traveling for work this week, and I'm going to a place that's so remote that it has been voted most remote place in the UK. It, it took me so long to organize my travel to get to this place. It took me a whole afternoon and I had to open up a different folder on my email just to put all of the travel details. That's how fucking remote this place is. And it doesn't have a coffee shop, like a proper one. Where is this place? Uh, it's called Peterhead. It's in Scotland. It's near Aberdeen, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's like Blimey, but way it's, outside Aberdeen. I mean, I suppose it's not so much near Aberdeen as Aberdeen is the nearest. It's the nearest place, and then it's like an hour to drive it, city to it. from there. Mm. And you, I think it's like three buses. Seriously. I'm not. So, and I'm thinking, I have gotten to know this country, the UK, well enough by now to know that. These places that don't have the big corporate chain coffee shops are usually like a pain in the ass because I, I'll go find them and think, okay, there's an independent place. I can get my coffee there in the morning, right, before work. And then you look at their opening times, like, oh, they open at nine, they open at 10, mm. right? And I'm like, well, I have to be at work at nine. Or they open at nine. And I'm like, well, I have to be at work at nine. So why are you opening at nine? So I'm thinking if I bring my little reusable cup with me to mm. one of the... That's not going to happen. I mean, they'll go get the bees out, right? To torment me with because I'm like wicker woman. And then it'll be like, oh, this place is so remote. It'll be like, you know, oh, where do, where do you get your coffee around here? Oh, you have to go to Morag's place. You know, knock on her door and she'll make you a nice cup of Nestle. Right? Mm. Don't get Sylvia started on Nestle. Okay. <sighs> 
So, so what am I going to do, Dookie? You are going to have to do the coffee equivalent. Yeah. Of people who are on methadone and they run out. Oh God! Having to resort to street drugs. Yeah, so which your, is what your street drug equivalent will be. The Coca Cola Corporation. You're going to need to get your caffeine from fizzy drinks. Oh, uh, Dookie, I can't drink that stuff. Because I don't really like my sugar in liquid form. I, I like it solid. I like it. I like if you're going to give me sugar, I want it. It needs to be solid. It needs to be cake. OK, mm. it needs to be here. We are talking about food. But, you know, I. Uh, you could also go the energy drink route. Oh, those things are disgusting. Have you smelled those things? Oh, like dreadful. when somebody passes you on the street and they got mm. one an open can of one of those things, I think, oh my god, that thing stinks! Like mm. you can smell it like from six feet away. There's a. F- I think she's gonna need, and I and I don't mean to be a pusher here. Pro plus. She's gonna need a pro plus. Right. Oh dear. Or a sulpidine. Pro plus, which there are is, other opiates. Oh, indeed. Pro plus, which is a, a caffeine pill. In effect, yeah, uh, I think I think I like the sulpidine because occasionally when I haven't had access immediately to caffeine, Sylv has loaned me or given me a sulpidine because yes, it's opiates, but it's also caffeine. Yes, and that'll do it. But you know, it's not just the caffeine I need; it's the actual comforting big cup of hot stuff that I need. I hear you. Uh, for me, it's tea. And if I of haven't got it tea is, you're available... Of British. Yeah. And if I don't have tea available, it, things can really become quite... Yeah, but you're less likely in this country to not have access to tea. Absolutely, yes. Whereas if you're travelling to remote parts of the UK, finding decent coffee is going to be a challenge. And I remember once I was in... This was a number of years ago now, so I'm sure they've progressed mightily. But I was in Swansea Mm. in Wales. Yes. And I went to the train station and I I really wanted a peppermint tea. So and there was a little tiny little independent like coffee tea shop in the in the station. And I asked for a peppermint tea and it was that wicker woman type thing. She just looked at me like you you know you have brown tea and the options you get with that are you can have it with sugar or no sugar so what this peppermint thing is that you're talking about is ridiculous i've never heard of this peppermint yes, tea so, uh, and i was like oh i've just asked for something that doesn't exist here i am afraid you've got ideas well <laughs> above your station well above my station so i think i had to order like a cup of normal tea that i didn't want just so that they wouldn't chase me out of town with burning steaks and that's what is going to happen for you, Martha, next when you're in 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 the middle of nowhere. Mm, indeed, I mean, Swans- they probably haven't even heard of coffee yet. <laughs> I mean, Swansea's a decent sized. Yes, city. I know, I know. So I was really surprised. And a very nice city. I'm quite surprised by that. But in South Wales, anything is possible, I'm and just- sometimes surprising things are impossible. I'm an urban snob, so mm. I'm not hopeful that Marcia is going to find anything Ugh. resembling coffee up in those parts. What we're hoping for in this situation is that uh, Glaswegian singer Charlene Spiteri, that maybe some of her family left Glasgow for the more relaxed pace of life in Peterhead and we set up a, an Italian 
coffee concern, yes. Dookie, I, I had some chili last night and it's it's a knocking. Oh. Can we put some music on or <laughs> oh. something? Oh, excuse me. Was that you? Yeah, uh, because it's getting kind of urgent now. Yes. Welcome back. Can I just say that wasn't me? Because I, I really don't deal with it was that Jeremiah kind of humor. Dookie loves that humor. It's it's so Japanese of you. It's so your upbringing in Japan, isn't it? Because the the Japanese are just so totally into that kind of thing. <laughs> For good or ill, I mean, I don't mind, but it's just very funny it's, it's that also, you find it so funny. It's also embraced. In the United Kingdom, in a huge way. Absolutely. Yes, but not as much in Japan. I remember seeing this this documentary about um, Japanese television shows, and they had a television show where they had all these people, all these, I think they were all men, and they were all competing to see who could go longest without having a pee. Right. And, and so basically what you were watching was this lineup of men, I guess there was like 10 of them, all just like squirming with the need to wee and then eventually one of them would just give up and run off to the the bathroom mm. and that would leave like nine and then they'd just be squirming and squirming and then until you eventually got down to one and i just thought wow endurance that's it it's just and and they and the audience was going wild like they mm. were peeing themselves laughing and I just thought, how strange! What a different sense of humor they have, and they must think the same about British or American television. They might, must see it and think that it's really bizarre. Certainly, I think some British exports, particularly Bean. See now, I don't understand Bean. I don't understand Mister Bean. Mister Bean lived here travels for a long well time. And, and has quite a cult following in Japan. But it's a very sure visual it entity. Yes. It isn't dialogue based. I don't understand it. I don't get it. That's one of those British steps too far for me. And I get lots of British things. You know, I was weaned on, on Blackadder and, and Fawlty Towers mm. because my mother is English. And so, you know, it's not that kind of a cultural thing. It's just like, it's just a British step too far. Mr. Bean, is he a British step too far? I don't understand that not going out. That's just a... What is that? It's just I mean, a bad but, program. But is when what that I is. watch it, because well, I sometimes I have it on because it's background for when I'm working in a hotel or whatever. Mm. And I just think, you know, I just think I don't get why this. It doesn't need me to like it. It is major. You know, it's been running for years, right? Yeah. They've got. They must have millions of fans. But have you ever met one? Probably not. No. But I don't get it. Because it just seems really like bad. But lots of people disagree with me, and I, and I bow to their greater knowledge. And bless, I'm a, a very big fan of Tim Vine, who had the decency to leave that particular program. But. My goodness, they don't need our uh, approval. Need, yeah, maybe we could do a whole show on they don't need us to like it, mm. right? And I'm sure there's stuff in the states that's the same. Like doesn't need doesn't need me to like it. Like oh yeah, like how I met your mother. I, I've tried, and I'm like I don't I don't get why. But you know, or like everybody loves Raymond. Every time I see like a trailer for Everybody Loves Raymond I, in my head, I always go, No, they don't, because I don't get it. 
But, you know, it didn't need me to like it. I mean, it's in reruns now, but it didn't mean... I mean, he was making like $9 million an episode. Indeed. It's a very well-loved program. I I don't get it. My mom really liked that show. And then the... A lot. But I think she mostly liked it for the mother-in-law. Right. Because I think that she kind of related to that. Right. Yeah. That's has nothing to do with the quality of the program then. But the mom uh, was really good in that though. Mm. She was really good. She was really funny. And Boyle, the one who played the father. Yes. Um, Peter Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle. How do I know that? Because I'm not that big of a fan of that show either. Mm. But I did like the mom. A re- here's a bit of trivia about him. Yes, please. Peter Boyle was a very long-standing friend of John Lennon's. Um, really? For. I think last 10 years of John Lennon's life, the New York years, so 1970-ish to 1980. And the interesting thing is Boyle was not a a Beatles fan. He didn't care about that world. And he was actually cut off from popular culture in the 60s. He was in a, a seminary. He had trained to become a priest, but then deviated from that by becoming an actor. And around the time of the film Young Frankenstein, early to mid 70s, he was in the circles that John Lennon was hanging out in. And uh, and they were dear, dear friends. They would meet up regularly. You know what, Dookie, is so weird? Mm. The human brain fascinates me because we started talking about this quite spontaneously. But it actually fits in with the theme of this show. It's people who are very rock and roll doing very, very un-rock and roll things like getting obsessed with crockpots. And people who are very, very un-rock and roll hanging out with one of the biggest rock and roll icons of all time. Absolutely. So do you like the way that neatly fits in there? It's as though we planned it out. It's as though we planned it out. And and we genuinely, genuinely didn't plan that out. We just started talking about television shows. The one thing that I want to plan on not happening... Is this one of your terrible segues? Is drowning. Can we mention one other rock and roll thing that you did <laughs> that was so not rock and roll? I'm worried. I genuinely have no idea what what you're on about. I don't have any. Oh, I think I know what you, you what you guys did the other Sunday. You know, thanks for asking me to come with you, but yeah, no thanks. Thank you very much. We traveled to East Anglia. Dookie, was that? the least rock and roll thing that you've ever done in your life was to go to a posh boot fair. Yes. It was a, a boot fair. Or on... if you're you're not English, like a flea market. Yes. Yeah. It was a flea market set on the grounds of a very stately home. It was a fancy pants flea market. I don't understand. Ooh, it, well, rewind. Dookie, it so wasn't fancy pants. No. I don't understand why you guys went to that thing in the first place because neither of you are like flea market people, are you? No. And I can tell you why I went. And Dookie was so kind to drive me. You were so good. Because you're always up for a drive, aren't you? Yes. So I shouldn't feel too guilty. And Molly the Dookie radio show dog, really loves being in the car. So basically, you drove six hours. Yes. In the hopes, for me, my hopes, that I would meet Philip Mould. Yes. 
And you're not averse to a bit of moldy either, are you, Dookie? I know his work through... I have no idea who that is. ...through a programme called Fake or Fortune. I have no idea what that is. Which also starred the lovely Fiona Bruce. Oh, yes, you're really into the Fiona. I mean, and who isn't? I mean, my word. The woman has sex on legs and she's so smart and she's so wonderful. Philip Mould is an art expert. He owns his own art gallery selling master, old master paintings like Da Vinci and Caravaggio. And he does a program called Faker Fortune where people say, I have this painting up in my attic and I don't know whether it's the real deal or not. And then Philip Mould and Fiona Bruce do all this research. Mm. And he's also written books and I love him dearly. So you drove what did you drove six hours to meet a guy he who lives in who has a gallery in London that is probably in the center of town, which would probably only take you 20 minutes to get to maximum door to door. Yes, but I don't know that he's always there. And we should state that he was there to compare the event, if you will, to cut the ribbon to open the festivities and i took his book with me and a pen thinking that i'm definitely going to bump into him and i'm definitely going to gush all over him and ask him for his autograph and thinking that there would be like 50 people there dookie how many people were there my 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 gosh my gosh golly gosh that car park on the grounds of this absolutely gorgeous period home Hundreds of vehicles. They had the military having to help us park. Indeed. The the TAs were there. Oh, like the weekend people who do the army on the weekends. Yes. Because I'm sure that's what they signed up for when you joined the weekend army, whatever you call it. What do you call it? The The, territorial army. The territorial army. Yeah, because when you join up, what you think, what your friends say, oh my God, you know, you're going to go out pretending to kill people. No, we're going to help posh people park. That's what you sign up for. I did feel kind of sorry for them. And also to direct people to the lavatories. They were, because there were huge lines for the porta-potties. We shall direct them to the car park. We shall navigate. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's what they signed up for. We're going to help people poop and we're going to help them park. They should call it the pooping park. We will help them to drop bombs in the lavatory. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that's what they had in mind. When you're going to help people poop, you're going to help them park. Dookie, there was really very little that was fancy about this flea market. It was bric-a-brac. It was bric-a-brac-a-plenty. I not only wanted to meet Philip Mould, who is just wonderful, but I also thought, oh, you know, maybe I'll come across a Vermeer or a Picasso. And, you know, Lord and Lady so-and-so are selling this for 500 pounds and I'll be able to flip it for like 6 million. So that was in my head, not to be mercenary, but I just thought... Well, maybe it is uh, It is mercenary. It, yes. But I just thought maybe that could happen. So Sylvia was thinking car boot fare. The cars in question would be you know, Bentleys exactly. and Rollers. And you'd have some fuddy-duddy people who... Didn't care about selling their Picasso like, for well, 500 pounds. This one's just not blending with the new wallpaper. On the Facebook... Yeah. take it away? Exactly. So, and on their Facebook page, they said one year of doing this, they sold a Rolls Royce for 5,000 pounds? or a Bentley. Like no, it was a Bentley for 5,000 pounds, mm. which is cheap as anything when you're talking about Bentleys, right? Mm. Not that I care about cars. So, I thought I'm not only going to meet my, my art... One of my art heroes, 
Valdemar Yanuschak. If you're listening, do not let this put you off because you are my favorite, dear. So I wanted to meet one of my art heroes and I also wanted to buy like a Leonardo da Vinci for 500 pounds. Oh, some, some foreign person did this. I don't want to buy house anymore. Yes, and I would have Can happily... Take it away? I would have happily put it on my credit card and just... Dookie, none of that happens. So it was basically just posh people selling their tent. There were a lot of dogs. There were a lot of dogs. A lot of ugly pugs, I have to say. Yeah, I don't know what what is... Is that one of those with a squashy face? Yes. Aren't they just ugly by default? They look a little bit like croissants. Oh, I think they look like little Tibetan monks. Oh, And I just think they're so cute. But there were some wall-eyed ones there. Yes. And then a lot of posh people... With really posh dogs. Yes. I'm sorry to say this, Dookie, but Molly looked a little unposh. And she's wonderful. But, you know, people were looking at her like, oh, that's not a pedigree. There was a little bit of that. Yeah, there was quite a lot of that. And then people were just selling their tat. It was bric-a-brac. It was really... Some people had, like, uh, Jesus statues. Yes. Like, that you buy at the Five and Dime. Mm. Like kettles from the 1980s. Yes, it was really bizarre. Morphe Richards, sought after, rare, <laughs> circa 1988. Yes, it's, it was... So... Molly had a nice drive. She did. And we had, and it was lovely weather. And we had a nice, we had some nice food. And because there was a nice, of course, they had posh food stalls. So fortunately for that, it was all good. And then we accidentally brought Molly's poop home with us. Yes. We transported That's her that, poop it, wow. across many different counties. We counted the number of counties. How do you accidentally bring poop home with you? I stuck in the car and I said to Dookie, the the first uh, trash can we come across, and there'll be one within mere feet of us, we'll, we'll throw it away. But it was such a clusterfuck getting out of the car park that I completely forgot all about it. And then we were nearly home and I was like, oh, my gosh, I mm. left the poop in your car. So that means you've had a you've had even more poop in your car. It's carrying a rich tradition. You drove six hours to get some poop. Is effectively across Norfolk, Suffolk, Cambridgeshire, Essex, and Greater well, London. And you didn't meet your guy. No. I didn't sadly, Philip Mould, if you're listening, and I'm sure you're not because you're so posh that you wouldn't stoop to listening to a podcast. But if you are, I'm very sorry I didn't meet you. Dookie, can you get him on the show? Because he so wouldn't want to come on this show, I'm sure. But, you know, you never know. You can't judge people. <laughs> Is your argument that he's posh, therefore he won't want to come yeah, on? Yeah, but, Dookie, you've seen him on television. He's not just posh. I mean, he's like... He's like uber posh. He sounds like me. He just talks a bit more slowly. Yes, but, I, but I'm a fan of his uh, his Facebook page. And he's always posting stuff like, we have a lovely painting of royal aristocracy so-and-so. Baron hootie Doody. And, you know, you can tell that he really wants to be on that level. Right. And I think he's got like a title as well from services to the UK. Whereas Valdemar Januszak, who's very learned about art and who I love, I think he'd be quite happy to come on your show because he really is into his music. Indeed. He saw the undertones perform in their native Northern Ireland in the 1970s. He, he? he actually went to one of the first gigs. So if you could have Valdemar on the show, I would pass out. 
I would swoon like a Victorian lady. I would swoon. We need our people to contact their people. So you didn't meet this guy. No. You didn't buy anything cheap we that you didn't. could have sold for millions and you brought home poop. Correct. That was pretty much her day, yes. Oh, and I and I got car sick. And, and Sylvia you got, got car sick. Yeah. Right. That sounds like, you know, I'm sorry I didn't go. You know, I thank you for asking me and, and what a regret. The grounds were beautiful. The they were drive, very beautiful. The drive, most of it was absolutely beautiful. That part of the country is absolutely gorgeous. So that's another rock and roll thing that you've done. You went to a posh flea market. Indeed. You've been faffing about with crockpots. And what is your terrible segue, Dookie? Because you're good at these terrible, terrible segues. Now, you know, we planned that particular trip. Yes. And although we didn't get what we sought, we, we... Still had a, an experience well, that was, was wonderful. Nice, it was a nice time. I'm glad we it went. Was a nice and day I out. thank you for driving my ass. And do you know how many days out are spoiled by people drowning? <laughs> Dookie, wow, you got there in the end. I know what you're talking about here because we all live in the same neighborhood. Yes. For reasons. I saw one on a park bench and I thought, that's really weird. Mm. There are warning signs all over. Dukey Village. I think we need to explain, though, that people might not know that the neighborhood that we all live in is there's a canal running through it. Yes. And that canal runs into what they call a basin. Yes. Which is, how would you explain a basin? A basin. Um, For those people not in the know, it's a little bit like a, a marina. Oh, yes, I suppose it is. But, you know, it's, it's not huge. But, you know, no. it's, it's sizable. It is they a, do like canoeing and stuff. Yeah, the, the, the basin is what used to be historically a dock for building and servicing ships. Yes, because our neighborhood used to be the slums. But also where all the ship workers, the dock workers Indeed. worked. Because this is because it's, the neighborhood itself is right on the Thames. Yes. So you walk your dog by the canal in the basin, and I've walked Molly Moops around the basin mm. and near the canal. So, but like Mercer says, they're also putting these warning signs in, in the middle of the park on the park bench. Yes. Yeah. I'd, all of a sudden, I'm walking somewhere and to the store or whatever, and I walk by the park bench and... It's warning me to try not to drown. Yes. With statistics being Yeah. And given. I'm like, but the canal is like 200 feet away from me. Yes. So what? And the stats are really weird. 46% of joggers die from drowning. Yeah. And, and, and that one came, that photo. Did you see that photo? Mm. It's like somebody's upturned sneaker. Sitting, kind of floating beautifully, you know, the beautifully posed picture on on the water. And I'm like, somebody had to compose that shot because you didn't just take a pers- picture of a dead person's shoe, right? And it's, a, a, what is that? When I was out walking Molly Moops for you one day when you were at work, one of the, one of the pictures just shows the canal mm. and it says... They only went to take the dog for a walk, dot, dot, dot. And I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm walking a dog and I could die. I mean, the one thing that hasn't really hit me personally, but, you know, the year is still young. Summer is around the corner. The one thing that's not struck me is when I'm out walking the dog, 
goodness, I really need a swim with my dog right now. I don't understand because I thought, well, aside from just not walking along the edge, I'm not entirely sure how much more careful I can be. I mean, aside from not walking anywhere near the canal, but like Martha was, you were saying, Martha, that you're not, you weren't anywhere near the canal and they're still warning you to try not to drown. Mm. So I actually jumped in the canal once. Yes. Dookie, I haven't told you this, and you're looking very frightened. Were you with Molly Boops? I was. Dookie, because it scared me. Because I love your dog. I love your dog, like, so much that it's almost actually painful how much I love your dog. Get to the story. And I would throw myself in front of a bus for any dog or any animal, indeed. I mean, a squirrel, cat, any. I would throw myself in front of a bus. She would, Dookie, which is really sad. She would, actually. So, Molly saw something in the canal, and she I had her on the extendable lead, mm. and before I could, knew, because there was nothing around that seemed like she was going to get away from me. To me, I've always got my eye open. All of a sudden, she jumped in the canal. So, guess what I did? I jumped in after her, thinking that she was going to drown, and then Molly just stood there and the water came up to like her doggy knees. <laughs> and the water came up to like my halfway up to my knees. So thankfully, you know. So this... we were just standing there looking right. like a couple of doofuses. I hope you didn't dive in or else you could have broken yeah, your neck. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and I... died from drowning. And here I was, I had this instantaneous vision of Molly just sinking under the water and uh, i was just oh she just stood up and i think she was like chasing a pigeon or something so i was thinking and i know that people can drown in small amounts of water but aside from just being you know aware is that just what they want us to do and aren't you aware anyway of like don't fall in the water absolutely you know what i think they should warn us about the other morning, I was walking by the, the basin, and there's there's lots of plants life around there and stuff. And I turned a corner, and there was a man having a wee out in the middle. And he was just standing there with his, his ding-dong in his hand. Mm. And I was like, oh. Like, he didn't even try to hide it. He didn't even try to go in a bush or anything. Hey. And can I just say that he it was enormous. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, which just made well it. Well done. It made it worse in a way, though. It made it worse that well, it was so it, enormous. It meant that the we had, uh, you know, less distance out oh, of trouble uh, before he, hitting soil. It really disturbed me. And well I thought, done. I had to walk by like five of those signs before I reached him to, to telling me not to drown. I was like, how about telling me not to run across men who have their their penises in their hand. 22% of public urinators die yes, from see, drowning. Yes, he could have drowned because he was like 20 feet away from the basin. And he was pissing so much that... Uh, yes, exactly. He could have compromised his own breathing. Another feature in our manner on the route in which I take Molly Moops for a walk... Yes. ...is this weird lass who has been doing her yoga... Right out on the dog walking path. Well People done. People do do that. Yeah, well done for pursuing yoga, but it, it is. What's your problem? It's Dookie? kind of weird when you're doing. You know, you're out with the dog, and mm. you've got to walk around somebody doing downward dog. Molly certainly was. Well, confused. you're out there with her, your downward dog. So does that mean she can't do her downward dog? I realise it sounds like I'm being closed-minded about it. It seems no, as you though just, I'm not clear about what the problem is. 
we've got some beautiful parks and there are open spaces so where you, re- you can do your sun salutations okay. to your heart's content. She's doing it in the middle of the path. In the middle of the path. Okay. It's... It just seems like a weird place, I guess, for her. Like, why? Why would that not? Why would that be comfortable? It's like, bordering on on being an exhibitionist. Uh, yeah, maybe she is. And, maybe she know, is. You know, well done. But this got me thinking. Yeah. How many yoga people are involved with dying? You know, in in the water, drowning. We could, we could all drown. Like, even just sitting here in your studio, mm. I think that we could drown. Like right now in the basin. Seventeen point five percent of podcasters die from drowning. They thought they were just going to record they some were, banter. Yes, three microphones floating in oh, the Thames. Three microphones, Dookie. Three mi- they were only recording a podcast. Four microphones. And, you know, next thing you know, it's like, you know, the Marchioness is... Uh... Have, have you guys been warned about avocado hand? This is genuinely turning into a bit of a, of a, a bloody affair. People yeah. are being kind of rushed to... It scares Casualty me because, on a regular basis yeah. because of avocado hand or avocado hand. Because because Sylve has been getting into avocados lately, and so she's been bringing home a lot of them. And you know you got to take the pit out and everything. And, and all of a sudden, I go on Facebook, and and everybody's like, "Oh my God, you know, be careful out there." Because when people are trying to get the pit out, it seems like they're they're like gashing their hands. So the NHS are warning, you know, don't get avocado hand because it seems like it's a big thing. Deary me, it's the most middle class problem ever. Really, I I, you know, I remember when. Uh, Avocados were popular back in the day. We used cutting boards. Luckily, because I hate cooking so much, mm. that all of my knives are just so... They're just not even proper knives. They're all so dull. They're like Fisher-Price knives. And I can't be bothered to sharpen them. So even when I do kind of cut myself, if I'm cutting up vegetables, it's like cutting myself with the side of a of a... I don't know, a floppy disk, right. to use that retro reference. That's a very retro. Very retro indeed. I saw this friend in town, because we were going to the theater, and she was using an actual map. Oh, an old an A to Z. actual, yes, an actual on-paper map. Respect. Do you not love that? I like it. I love that. But she could drown. She we, could drown. We were in the West End. We were right near Piccadilly mm. in the middle of, you know, right in the middle of the center of London. And we could have drowned. 5% of people who still use A to Z in 2017 mm-hmm. die from drowning. Yeah, you got to be careful out there, people. There's avocado pits. There's drownings. I mean, it's it's tough time to be alive. Transporting poop across yeah, county yeah, lines. Yeah, you transporting poop. It's, not it's good. a scary world out there, peeps. Go, go carefully. Another thing that I find a bit scary. Is a, you know what I find really scary are your terrible, <laughs> terrible segues. Another scary yes. thing are uh, when charity gigs go wrong. I did. You did a punky thing, didn't you? I did a, a, a punky gig in aid of mental health. You know what I found really scary about that? Mm. The man's PowerPoint presentation. Oh, God, don't get her started. Don't get her started about PowerPoints. This woman has some really strident views about PowerPoint. I just, I'm against the bullet point. 
I, I can't lie. It's antiquated. It's ridiculous. And it's not how people learn. 29% of people who use bullet points in PowerPoint presentations die. If you're listening drowning. to me and you use bullet points in your PowerPoint, please send me your PowerPoint and I will do it up for you for free. I swear. So, yes, that gentleman, you showed me that because they were filming it live and yes. they were transmitting it live. Yes. So that man, he was... What was he doing? He was giving a presentation on mental health. Yes, a lovely, lovely person. He, was, he seemed lovely. He was Absolutely a really nice committed. man. Yes. And, and the I don't want to be disparaging about the people behind the gig at at all behind the series of gigs, no, I rec- which has gone international. Listen, I work in that world, so it's that's why I'm so concerned about the PowerPoint because I want you guys to be amazing. And you know, this one chap, you know was trying to extol the virtues of the work that they were doing. He was really cool. Yeah, and, I liked him a lot. And he is a lovely, lovely, lovely Which person. Is why I think his PowerPoint isn't doing him justice. Indeed. And, I'll uh, stop saying PowerPoint now. There are other presentations elsewhere. So. Absolutely. The audience members are there. They want to be entertained. And they want to feel that they're doing something good. They're contributing the money they've paid. He had a terrible PowerPoint. Yes. And how punky is that? Uh, not punky at all. Dookie, I can't bear it. Because in my line of work, I have to use PowerPoint all the time. Mm. I actually use Prezi mostly, but let's not talk about that. Yeah. Um, so let's just call it PowerPoint. Um, that's what I do for work. And this person was using it at a punk gig. Yes. What? It wasn't landing either, was it? No, he cleared the room. And what's so frustrating... Did he have a pointer? Uh, no, he didn't. Okay, because you know what would have made that even worse? Is if he'd had a pointer. He had a Mohican, though. You got a guy with a mohawk using PowerPoint. Mm. Okay, what kind of gig was this? Punk for mental health. It was a punk gig. Yeah. Okay, so that's an interesting uh, juxtaposition. Did you know... Yeah. ...that... People who attend gigs, yeah, and who are bored by PowerPoint presentations, yeah, unexpected ones. Thirteen mm. percent of them, and that is an an unlucky number. They, yeah. they die from drowning. Oh, do they die? Yeah, yeah. Dookie, I think the lesson to be learned here mm. is that life is full of juxtapositions. So you're a rock and roller, and you look really rock and rolly, and you're having crockpot meals. You're looking up recipes and you're going to posh flea markets. Yes. And then when you when you go to play a punk gig, mm. there's somebody there presenting with PowerPoint. Correct. But alas, we're still... And you could drown. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> Sometimes the Thames and looks so great, I just want to dive in. And you could get... Av- Do you eat avocados? Uh, Do you- yeah, I like... Um, Guacamole. Okay, so when mm. you're making guacamole, be careful. One minute you're you're out there fishing on the Thames, the next you become fish food yourself. Oh Jesus, that's terrible, Dookie. <sighs> or you're walking a sprawly mm. and all of a sudden you're dead. Well, I think Molly perhaps in her own ways warning dogs of the perils of Avoiding the Thames and any body of water. So when don't you can. drown and don't go to flea markets. Basically, yeah. All right, have and, fun. And don't keep your shit in the car. It's a lesson for us all. 
Hallelujah. I'm going to go and uh, stick some shit in a crock pot and cook the fuck out of it. Blimey, so much for Irene's there's not that much swearing in this episode message at the start of the show. You've been listening to The Slow Cooking Revolution Will Not Be Televised. My name is Dukey, and for all of my cooking sins, I've been your host. Until next time, may the worst of tomorrow be the best of yesterday. Now it's time for me to go and uh, <clears throat> pop my weasel. Thanks for listening. Half a pound of tuppenny rice, half a pound of treacle. That's the way the money goes. Pop goes the weasel. Facebook. Click on your mouse to our Facebook page. Facebook. It's easy to find. It will not take an age Facebook www.facebook.com Forward slash The Dukey Radio Show The Dukey Radio Show The thin white Dukey is right Click your way to the Dukey Radio Show Facebook page www.facebook.com forward slash The Dukey Radio Show The Dukey Radio Show The Dukey Radio Show Ah, they can piss off with all the extraction nonsense Aside from giving me some terrible, terrible wind I thought the lasagna was delicious Mmm, quite good pizza